This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. Huggies Little Movers is their best-fitting diaper ever with its curved and stretchy fit. Babies, no matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers are curved with up to 12-hour protection against leaks. Get your baby butt in Huggies best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to be here live at the PRI show. Coming up on our show is Antron Brown, three-time NHRA top fuel champion and NASCAR weekly series champion Peyton Sellers. Before we get started, a word from our friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I appreciate uh, you guys being here, and I appreciate being at uh, at PRI for the first time. We walked around the floor a little bit to get an idea of uh, how it differs from the SEMA show, and it's a, it's a fantastic event. I think my initial reaction is, is SEMA is full of wonderful uh, parts and kits that are ready to go and bolt on, and PRI seems to be where all of those kits are made. As I've seen more piston manufacturers than I've ever seen in one gathering in my entire life. But uh, we've got an exciting show for you guys today, and I'm very, very excited to introduce our first guest, three-time NHRA top fuel champion, Antron Brown. Hey. How you doing? 
doing, Matt? Good. How are you? You're welcome to have a seat. There's water up here if you want it. Man, there's a lot going on. This is going to be an exciting next year for you. Yes. (laughs) But uh, I just want to get into this a little bit from back in your early days. Was it family that got you into racing? I know there's a little bit of background there, right? Absolutely. People don't realize that my dad and uncle were sportsman racers. You know what I mean? So they were weekend warriors, bracket racing, super comp, super gas. And um, I just grew up around it. Like when I, when I literally, my mom used to push me around in a stroller at the drag strip. And then okay. as I was learning to walk, I was the one playing with the rims. And I never forget that I used to try to imitate my dad working on the car. And my dad had a brand new set of race rims, chrome race rims, sitting by the Christmas tree. Okay. For his race car, he came out, and I was there with a flathead screwdriver, thinking I was working on him, and I was going like this. <laughs> bang, bang. Jam and my dad that. came out. Oh, my God. Like, my mom said, never forget this story. My dad turned red in the face goes, what are you doing? I was, like, two years old. And my mom goes, well, he's just trying to work on him just like you are. That's right. He's fixing them. They're better now. They're, they got your signature on them, which is actually kind of funny. I, I uh when I was like five, my dad was doing some work on some body work, and he was doing terrible work, by the way, some Bondo or something on, on a car. And I was five, and I walked over with my little wooden Fisher-Price hammer, and when he was done, I hit it, put the hole in it, knocked all of that body work out. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm helping. I got you. <laughs> we fixed it. It was, uh, it was fantastic. So you kind of grew up around the track. Where was... Do you have family members that were racing or they were just kind of building cars and having a good time and doing it for fun? No, they raced. Like, my family were serious competitors, okay? We had, we were one of the first ones when Porter Tree came out with the stationary big tree. We had that in our dining room of the house. Yeah. And you had the buttons on it. I remember my dad and all of his friends, like, you know, because, you know, they garage talk, they street talk. They came over to the house and used to practice the practice tree. And I used to be on it every day. And they came over and they gambled on oh, the practice tree. I didn't know. They were so, racing for money oh, already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, was, I remember I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. And I come out there with my piggy bank that had the dollar bills and quarters. And you bet what you wanted to bet on. So you bet a dollar, a quarter. Big bets were a dollar back then. Oh, yeah. I mean? I'm betting a quarter each time. Bam. And you let that button go. You know what I mean? And i never forget that uh, I used to take all their money, all their yeah, money. And then good. it translated where, as I got older, that's how I got good on the tree because that's all I ever did was practice the tree <laughs> because we used to gamble on it every weekend for money. And I used to practice it all day long. And then we go to the racetrack, and my dad and uncle, my dad raced motorcycles, and my uncle drove the race cars. So, I, like, we did everything as a family, and that's all we knew. We, we worked hard Monday through Thursday. Yeah. And early Friday was a half a day. After lunchtime, we took off, and we're heading to a drag strip, whether it's Maple Grove, English Town, Echo, New Jersey, Cecil County, Delaware, Island Dragway, New Media. We went to all the drag strips around where we grew up at in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, and Maryland and Delaware area. That's what we did. Right on. Now, do you still have that tree set up in the house now? Because you've got young kids who are getting a little bit interested in racing, right? You crack up because <laughs> I just have my buddy, like Carla Calinato. He actually races a small tire Mustang. Yeah. And, um, and the crazy part, he came to my house. He goes, 
A.B., every room I go in, there's a portrait sitting somewhere. <laughs> like, I have, like, the little, like, not the small handheld one, but I got the big ones. So I got one downstairs in the basement. I got one in my office. You go out to my garage, like, you know, out to my workshop that I have out there. I have a simulator sitting out there. So everywhere I go, there's a portrait somewhere. <laughs> So we can get, like, he goes, we can get work in every room. I say, yeah, come on. You want some? Get, on, get that button. Get that button. Am I lying? <laughs> okay, so who uses it the most then? But I don't at, know. At I know I use it a lot. Yeah. My kids, they use it all the time, and they, they play on it back and forth with each other. So I don't know what they're doing. I'm not home, but when I am home, I'm getting that work in. So I don't know who uses it more. Hopefully I use it more than they do, but they might get a little bit on it because me and my son, Anson, who's 17, we go, he's getting close to me now. You know what yeah, I mean? He, yeah, might, yeah. he might beat me about three or four times out of ten before I used to wax him all the time. He never won. Yeah, so right. he's, starting to, he's starting to get to that 30 percentile, which is, which is good. <laughs> who, who of the kids is the most interested in racing? Are they all interested? or I mean, they still have got lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they my, still got things going on. High my, school and stuff. There's my, a lot going on. My youngest son, Adler, he likes it. Yeah. I don't say he's in love with it, but he likes it. Anson, he eats, sleeps, and, and that's all he does. He loves it. He loves, he loves it. it. Ariana, she loves it because she's a competitor. She competes in everything, but she her first love is dance. Right. So I can see all of them participating, but I can see Anson the way that joker got out of school yesterday. <laughs> his mom got him out of school, and he was walking the show. Okay. I was like, what you doing here? You got school. He goes, no, Dad, I'm sacrificing for my future. That's right. So he told me, he goes, you always told me about sacrificing. I'm sacrificing some school, some school. to learn more about what's going on at this PRI show. That's what <laughs> he told that. me. Yeah, yeah. I said, that's a good one, boy. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, He's except he didn't tell you he was coming. No, he didn't tell me he was coming. <laughs> he didn't tell you he, he was coming. He called me at 12 o'clock yesterday looking on his phone. He goes, I go, what you call you in school? What you calling me for? You at lunch? He goes, Dad, what aisle are you in? I said, I'm in, I'm in 1,200. And he goes, well, I'm in 1,100. Where you at? I'm like, what? <laughs> that's why I said, that joker stuck out to the show. Yeah. Is there anything that stood out that he liked? Was he starting to pitch parts on you? He's been going around everywhere looking at stuff. Because we're building a super comp. We're building a bracket dragster for him for next year. So he's looking at parts and pieces and stuff that he wants in his race car. you got to make the connections. you got to work the room. you got to talk to everybody out here and find out why, which, which is the best stuff. Who wants to work with you? Oh, I already told him. Little, I said, little deal maker. I said, go to Brodax because yeah. we already bought his top end, which is Brodax and his block. Okay. And then he's been looking over fr- trying to find Biondo yeah. so he can get all of his stuff for the inside of his car. Yep. You know what I mean? He went to FTI because we've got an automatic transmission and converter from FTI. So he's talking to him, thanking him for it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he's making his rounds. Trust me. Been, in, been over impact already because he's got to get his, his thicker suit because yeah. he's going to be a Vance ET. You know what I mean? Right. So, so it's, he's working a room right now. He's That's working. good. That's probably more valuable than a half a day of school. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I said, anything you can do to save dad money. Yeah, right? That's that's literally more valuable than yes. a half a day of school. Yes. Uh, so what kind of racing are they going to be into? Because you definitely started with motorcycles and had uh, a, a fantastic career there before switching to Top Fuel. What are Where do the kids want to go? The kids, my daughter always liked motorcycles, but I see Anson. Anson, he loves pro mods. He oh, loves yeah. pro mods. He wants to drive a top fuel dragster or a funny car. 
he's got that, but he's got to go through the ranks to get there. And uh, but he loves the pro mod stuff, and he loves the small tire, like the small tire no prep stuff. But even though it's prep, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He loves that stuff where they're running like four fifties. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Or they're running like three eighties to the eighth mile in those small tire cars. He watches that stuff all okay. the time, and he's like, "Dad, I want a pro charger." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Son, that costs money." That's right. You know what I mean? And that stuff doesn't, like, you got to work on it. I said, let's start out with, like, a super calm dragster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> So right. we can rinse and repeat. You know what I mean? But he wants all the heads up racing. That's what he loves. And, and they must have their sights on a street car. Where are they going to start driving around to high school? Your boy's 17, so has he got a car he's driving around? Oh, he drives around, but he ain't driving nothing fast. <laughs> I told him, son, your A to B has got to be reliable. You follow yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And he's got to be good on gas because yeah. I know what he wants to do. And this is the funny part. He's got a Toyota Corolla hatchback, right? Yeah. He's got a style. He's got the rims on. He's did all of his stuff. And he's got the windows tinted. He's got all the electric bells and whistles in it. But the crazy part of it is he wants to soup it up. I said, no. No. Yeah. He goes, well, Dad, can I get like a Supra? I said, no. I said, he's 17. I said, all you're going to do is get speeding tickets and lose your license. I said, if you want something fast, we'll build it where we could tow it to the strip. That's right. On the racetrack where we could watch you the whole time and focus. Well, if it's got plates and he can drive it, all he's going to do is when he's on the road, he's going to drive fast. He goes, no, I won't do that. I said, everybody says that. Until somebody lines up on the side of them. That's right. I said, ain't no street racing in this family. Cut it out. That's right. It ain't happening. We were all 17. We know what happened. I know. (laughs) You think I don't know? I'm the kid that got his driver's license. I was in traffic school a week after I had my driver's license. Yeah. Because I got two speed tickets back to back. You know, we do this this show with Goldberg as well, the WWE wrestler. His son is doing great. He's 16. He's ordered up his first car. Uh, They're in Texas on a big ranch. They got the new Bronco. And he's saying, he's like, oh, I, I ordered the four-door Bronco because I wanted the longer wheelbase. It's more stable. And I go, well, Gage Goldberg, he's going to want to modify it and lift it and do off-road stuff. He goes, like, I don't want it to flip. I'm going to lower it. It's going to have the only new Bronco where I'm going to lower it so it's closer <laughs> to the ground. It's going to be way safer that way. That's going to be the only thing I'll probably do to that car is just try to make it as safe as possible. I go, yeah, but now that he's got a car, it's like... You, you get to hold it over him for everything. You go. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And he goes, "Yeah, he knows it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be sort of his uh, his his currency is being able to use that car." They just go over and over, and they keep working on it. But the one thing about it is that's the cool part about the next generation coming up. Yeah. And 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 the kids and the young teenagers and the the young adults. I mean, they're into it. You know what I mean? They're really into it. I met this uh, female the other day, and she's walking around the show. And uh, I met her at my karate studio, actually, where I go do Taekwondo. And, uh, and her name is Adriana Noonan, and she mm-hmm. ra- drag races a talon down in Florida. Oh. And, and uh, she's got hopped up where she's tearing the car apart, working it. She came here to the show, and she's walking the aisles, checking things out. And it's so cool to see the younger generation getting hands-on. They're not just about driving. Right. Like my son Anson... He's learning the craft on how to work on these race vehicles. Like, when I'm back at home, he goes, Dad, man, I, I want to put these rims and tires on my car. I go, all right, here, here's the impact gun. 
This yeah. electric Maco impact gun. Go, go to it. Yeah. Dad, I want to, I want to put this exhaust pipe on. I got a lift in my shop. Put it on the lift. Yeah. How do you do it? I say, figure it out. That's right. You know what I mean? I see y'all watching him, not telling him. I'm making sure he just don't drop his car on the ground. Of That's course, right. You know what I mean? Doesn't lose a finger tip on the, in the process. Then he's lifting it up. He's getting underneath of it. And he's taking it down and he's put and he's putting his exhaust system on it. His greedy exhaust system on it. And I'm like, there you go. That's and he right. goes, Dad. I said, like, yep. Go ahead. He's getting dirty. Move rims upstairs. Take them downstairs. And he says, it's cool to see him getting involved. And I'm saying, well, if you want it, you could do it, but you got to do it. Yeah. Not me. You. And now he's coming out to this. The challenge to him that I raised the bar to him this year was now you got to come out with the race team this year and you're going to work. You're going to have your job this summer. You're going to work with the race team and they're going to show you how not just to wash parts, but how to take the cylinder heads off the car. Yeah. How to put a rod in, how to put a piston in, and actually how to put the rings in and, and actually space the rings out and time them and clock them and compress them and put them in a the ring holder so you can pop them into the, you can actually pop them into the sleeve. Right. You know what I mean? So into the block. So, we're showing them all this stuff and saying, son, the more you know, the better driver you're going to be because you're going to understand how things work. And That's you're going right. to hear and you're going to be in tune with your race vehicle. Yeah. And also be able to take pride in your work and feel good about it. And then when you're done, even just in the garage, putting your exhaust on your, car, your own car for the first time, it's really satisfying. And then you be, give, get to fire Absolutely. it up and listen to it and you're yes. like, I did that. You know, yes. like I love that portion of it. Um, Let's start a little bit with uh, getting into racing. What was it that, obviously we know the family background that got you into it, but why start with motorcycles? Because that's just what I, motorcycles <laughs> is what I grew up on. Like, you know, when I grew up as a kid, they didn't have junior dragsters. Right. Okay. okay. They had go-karts. We had a go-kart. I did some go-kart stuff too, and people don't know that. But when I was four years old, and I never forget, I was four years old, and I literally took the training wheels off my BMX bike, okay? I had a Schwinn BMX bike, and my brother was racing BMX at the time. My older brother, six years older than me. And they took my training wheels off my BMX bike, and that day, my grandpa gave me a Z50 Honda, three-speed automatic. Yeah. You know, you just give it gas, and you upshift, you downshift, just up two or down two, and you're back in first, right? So... He gave me that, and I, as soon as I learned how to ride my pedaling bike without training wheels, that day I had my first dirt bike. And I went off in the field, and my grandpa goes, if you don't want to fall over on your dirt bike, just the faster you go, the easier it is to stay up. Yeah, that's right. So I went fast. And we, we had 10 acres, and we had one big oak tree in the middle <laughs> of this property. Yep. And my grandmama said, Albert, you make sure that boy don't hit that oak tree, right? Yeah. And it had a ditch before it. And he goes, that boy ain't going to hit it. We got 10 acres of land. How are you going to hit that? <laughs> I hit the oak tree. Yep. And my grandma says, see, Albert, that boy didn't want to hit the oak tree. And my grandpa goes, well, you won't hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> once you crash into it once, you ain't going to crash into it because that tree didn't move. I, I, and right? I, I don't know how that kind of stuff happens, but I was like five, and my brother and I – at a garage sale, bought like a mini bike frame for a dollar, and then you know over the course of saved a little change and built a mini bike out of it. And sure enough, I'm in this giant yard in their backyard. I drive around. I hit the one tree. I go down. My mom's upset. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's so mad at my brother. She's mad at my dad. And then they're like, kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, 
tree's fine. He's fine. He's not going to hit it again. No, no, he'll be fine. You missed that tree. <laughs> yeah. You're going real quick. You're like, oh, yeah. I got to slow down. I got to learn how to use the brakes on this thing. Tree, tree didn't move. Dents forked in a little bit. It's like, ah, you know, it was all right. Uh, so going from getting into motorcycles, having a great career there, what made you want to jump right to top fuel? Well, you got, you got to understand progression. Like I started riding motorcycles and I raced motocross all the way yeah. up through my teenage years. And I got hurt real bad on a, on a motocross bike when I was about 16 training for a big event down in Tennessee, Loretta Lens. And I went from there where I stayed home and I started replanning where I said, well, I got to go to college now. I got to do something different. I ain't going to be a professional motocross racer. My time's kind of slip, slip, slipping by. And I started messing around with street bikes. Mm-hmm. So I started on street bikes, drag race to street bikes at the local drag strips with my dad and uncle were racing their cars. And then I got into pro stock motorcycle because my cousin Troy Vincent was a professional football player for the Philadelphia Eagles defensive back. Wanted to start a professional team. So I started there racing motorcycles. And But when I grew up as a kid and I went to the big national events, you know what you go to see? You want to go see the natural, the nitro categories, yeah, right. top fuel, funny car. And that was always a big dream of mine to say, hey, never thought that I can get there. Never knew it could happen. Never knew it was going to happen. But what I realized is once I got into NHRA and I was racing pro stock motorcycle under Dave Schultz with Troy Vincent. And I started winning races over there. I'm going, well, I'm here now. I started to develop relationships with all the other big teams and top fuel crew chiefs and stuff like that. And I was like. Why am I stopping here? Right. I got relationships. Why can't I be a top fuel driver? Like, other people can do it. Why can't I? And while I was out and around it, it didn't happen overnight. But about four years racing bikes, I started letting people know that I want to drive a top fuel car or a funny car. And by them knowing that, it started opening up the doors and opportunity. But it took literally six years yeah. from that time when I started going out there and putting the feelers out letting people know for me to get the opportunity and I never let up I never quit I could have quit three years in yeah. it ain't gonna never happen right, right. but n- literally in that fifth year after I started putting it out there David Powers Lee Beard with Maco Tools David goes you wanna test the car let's see if you can do it Right. so I tested the car in Las Vegas remember like yesterday 2007, in October of Las Vegas, That's right. I tested my top fuel car for the first time, and when I got in, I was ready. But before that, I prepared myself. Tim Buckley helped me, and I went to Frank Hawley's drag racing school, got my alcohol dragster license. So when I came, I knew how to drive, because I never drove a dragster. First, I, the first dragster I ever drove was an alcohol dragster. Right, okay. So I got in there, learned, applied myself. Got my alcohol license, my first go, because I raced pro stock motorcycle for 10 years, so they're, they're pretty fast, two wheels. Then when I got into that top fuel car, that's when it started for me. I literally did a burnout, backed the car up, launched it, went like 250 feet, shut off, because that's all we were supposed to do. Right. And when after I did that, I came back, Lee Beard literally said, this kid is the real deal. Looked like he's been driving a car his whole life. Yeah. And I just applied myself. <laughs> and uh, and the funniest part of it was is that after that happened, that's when my whole career started. Okay. After that, after that, after that, I got the job on the off season, and we got announced being, 
Hey, AB's going to drive for David Powers, the Mac Tools top field dragster. Lee Beard is a crew chief. We came out. I had 16 runs in the top fuel car. Okay. And got my top fuel license, right? In Phoenix, Arizona, the week later, we came out to Pomona. We qualified number one. And the fourth race in, we won our first drag race. That's fantastic. Isn't that crazy? It's fantastic. But also, I love that early on, even when you were getting on the bike, you were already walking around telling everyone, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. Top field's where I'm heading. It's kind of like your boy walking around PRI going, hey, this is who I am. I'm walking around. This is where I'm heading. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. If you know what you want to do yeah. in life, and I tell this to everybody, if you know what you truly want to do, you got to let people know what you want to do. And you got to put yourself out and around to get that opportunity. Like if you want to be a drag, if you want to be, if you want to work on a drag racing team or drive a drag racing car professionally, you can't do it by watching it on TV. You got to go national events so people get to know and build relationships. Yeah. But then you got to prepare yourself. But this is like anything else. The squeaky bearing gets the grease or the oil, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're quiet, you're good. You're Ain't good. nobody going to touch you. That's Ain't nobody right. going to see you. Out of sight, out of mind. But if you're going, hey, here I am. Yeah, over here, pay attention. Help help a brother out. Yeah. That's when people get, you start getting the attention. But then once you get the attention, you got to be prepared to grasp and take that opportunity. Yeah. I agree completely. So let's talk about the next step. Now you're putting together your own team. Now you got to be the boss. (laughs) And you got to drive. And you got all this. On top of it, you're going to have all this responsibility, people up looking to you, hey, boss, where do I go? What do I do? This is an exciting time. It's, it's very exciting because it's something, not just me, but all my guys and gals that's part of my team right now, this is something that they always want to do. It's not just me going out on my own. It's me surrounding myself with the right people and the core group that we can actually lean on one another to go to four together. Right. And I know to be successful out here, you have to surround yourself by great people to make great things happen. And it started just, you know, with all the, the staff that I have from the front office staff, like with Ted Yerzik. Then we, we got our crew chief, Brian Karate, Mark Oswald, Brad Mason, who's our, like our team manager that handles all the guys at the shop and is also like assistant crew chief on the car. And then you have to have a great PR, like, you know, people to promote you, get you out yeah, there, sure. PR. You know, and you got Allie McCormick. When, it's so funny. My team's called AB Motorsports. Well, she's ABM. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it's just when you surround yourself with all these unique individuals and people, and then also on the social media side, we got creative solutions like, you know, with Natalie Torrance. Mm-hmm. And then we have Ash. You know, we got Cass over there, like Cassandra, who's doing stuff like that to do your social media. You got to put an all-star team together to make the unbelievable things happen. That's what, that's what I've done. And that's, that's been the coolest part about putting this whole deal together Yeah, is putting the right people together. Well, what I like about it is, is when you have this team that you've been working with for a long time and then you say, hey, here's the next chapter of what we're going to do. We're, we're putting together our own team. You guys are all a part of this as well. But also, we couldn't have gotten to this point without everything you've been doing so far. So here we are now. We've had a, you know, we have three, three champions, three championships, and now we're putting our team together. So it's going to be, I know it's working on it for a little while. Certainly the COVID and shutting down a lot of things didn't help the schedule, 
but uh, looking for uh, some excitement with um, with the next season. Now, is the plan to just have one car for now, or wh- where do you see the team going? Yes, the plan right now is to have our one car. Of course, I'm driving that one car, but the future goal is to expand. And that's why it's AB Motorsports. It doesn't stand for Antron Brown, just because I always say go A to B. Yeah. So okay. this happens to be my initials too, but that's the whole thing of this. The nature is that we have AB Motorsports, and we want to outreach. We want to do more things. It's not just on the not on the track, but off the track in the marketing side, the development side, the creative side. And our future goal is to expand and to have another team whether it be a funny car team and then expand, maybe have a pro mod team, have a pro stock motorcycle team and spread out in different categories, but also help other teams to actually maybe get sponsorship and also show them how to sustain the sponsorship and keep it going that we've been very fortunate with all of our partners like Maco Tools. We've been with them for over 14 years, Toyota for over 14 years yeah, and stuff like that nature. And Hank Suffers, we've been with them for over close to 10 years now. So, the main thing is just to try to cheapen to actually get our drag racing, like, you know, just bring that awareness and actually help elevate the sport and all of our peers and all of our competitors to the same level, too, and help our sport grow. And that's the main thing about out there is having an outreach to do that. Is, have you given any thought if, if drag racing is going to be the only focus? Do you see AB Motorsports branching into other types of racing? Absolutely. Absolutely we can. You know what I mean? I have a love for motocross too and supercross. Yeah. And I do like I do like rally cross. I like all of it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But you never know we might end up at, but that's why we come to the PRI show, because we get all these unique relationships that we build here. And we get to the thing about it is we come here to actually find other partnerships that could take us to other venues. You know what I mean? Right on. And I do enjoy because I did some I did a mint four hundred about four years ago. Yeah. Did some art with some ATV stuff, so that was really really cool. It'd be cool to get out there with a tow like a tro- like a trophy truck yeah. and do it. So I do have some other deals that I'm involved in that's really cool. But uh, but time will tell. We're going to build slow because we just got to build our foundation strong. And once we get that strong, the the sky's not even the limit. It's it's those experiences that you find in life as well that help sort of navigate this this future for the team. And you know I. A few years ago, somebody invited me out to a, a special event and gave me an opportunity to drive an F1 car. Oh, Lord. And, and this was a, a little bit older car. I think it was a Lotus. Like, you know, I think it was a V10 naturally aspirated car at the time. And it, it blows your mind. It just completely blows your mind. You're out there training like in the Lotus Avoras. And then they're like, okay, now you're familiar with the track. You know what's going on. You've worked with our instructors. Now you're going to get into the F1 car, and uh, everything we told you is wrong. So <laughs> they said, uh, you know, you're, you're going and you're taking a turn. You've been down this road before, literally. You're going, you're getting into a turn, you're getting your tire squeal. You're like, all right, I'm losing a little bit of traction. So you've got to back off throttle or back off steering. They said, but in the F1 car, you, you go faster because the arrow 
the you know, dynamics end up pushing the car down. That's the only way to go faster. I was like, great. Then why do we do two days of practice <laughs> to get there if this is where we're going to be? Uh, well, I, I love what you're doing with the team. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. The relationship with the, with the Schumacher team, it, this isn't really ended. It's just sort of an evolution of what you guys are still uh, involved in some capacity, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, we actually rent shop space from DSR because he actually has a big building where he leases space. And we're still buying parts and pieces from them, like from cylinder heads to rods yeah. and all kind of different trinkets, parts. Like, it's a, a one-stop shop. You know what I mean? They build uh, engine blocks. They do all kind of stuff there at DSR. And uh, the cool part is is that we're right there. And even on the fabrication shop, like the fa- fabrication side, yeah. they're still doing our chassis and anything that we want to change and you know, we want to develop and that we want to make. And they're doing more proprietary stuff now because they're not factory branded with any factory. So, okay. so it's pretty cool where they could do stuff for any team out there, for a Mopar team, for a Ford team, and then my team, like we're Toyota. So, so that's, it's really cool to be in a shop where all you got to do is open up a door and wheel it down. That's right. Yeah, or be able to walk over them and say, hey, we've got a few ideas. Can we work together on this? And Absolutely. Not? Well, it's exciting. Thank you so much. We're so glad that you were uh, able to join us today. So, Antron Brown, it's antronbrown.com. And uh, does AB Motorsports have a separate website? No, that's where it's on. AB that's Motorsports it. is it Antron Brown. You can even go to abmotorsports.com. It'll go there too. But uh, it all goes to the same website, which is antronbrown.com. There you go. Antron Brown on Twitter, and he's Am- Antron Brown TF on Facebook and Antron Brown TF on Instagram as well. Antron, thank you so much. Good luck next season. I can't wait to go out there and watch you guys do this. All right. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you, Matt. Antron Brown, he's the best. I love what he's doing with this new team. I appreciate him being on the show. Let me tell you guys about Trico. You know, over a century ago, Trico was the first to make wiper blades. They've been a step ahead of Mother Nature ever since. And Trico engineers, they study your specific driving conditions to make sure you're ready for anything, even if it rains actual cats and dogs. It's actually been raining in L.A. right now, so we're getting pretty close to that. Well, whatever the weather, Trico wipers maintains maximum windshield contact. And no matter what your driving habits, you'll always find the right wiper blade for your vehicle. It's Trico, the future of wiper blades since 1917. To find a store near you and see the latest offers, visit TricoCatsAndDogs.com. I also want to tell you guys about our friends at Geico. Whether you own a home or rent your home, it can be a lot of hard work, but you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And we know that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Now let's, uh, let's chat with uh, Peyton Sellers. Please welcome my next guest, Peyton Sellers. Peyton is a NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly National Champion. And uh, welcome, man. How are you? Unbelievable day so far, man. PRI has been really a lot of energy here. A lot of energy here. And um, there's been a a, a huge crowd day in and day out. Yesterday it was shoulder to shoulder all day. It's an interesting show. So, like I said, my first time at PRI, but I've done uh, the SEMA show a million times. And... You're right. The atmosphere here is, mm, I don't know, a, a little, it's a little more like family. It seems yep. like everybody is more in tune with, I, I, I think maybe just a lot of 
these companies and the people in this space are working with each other, like guys like you, right? You have a lot of uh, sponsors and supporters out here on your uh, for, for for your team, absolutely, and they come together at a trade show like this. So, so for me, it's about building relationships. It's about you know the, the guys that I run their parts throughout the year, seeing them that one time a year at yeah. this show, being able to say, hey, we appreciate everything you do for us. We we want to see what kind of new products you have and that sort of thing. So. Uh, for, for me, PRI is a way to get in touch, get personal with the vendors and see products that you haven't seen before. SEMA's really neat because they got all the cool trucks and it's a different culture altogether. Right. SEMA. SEMA's a big party where yeah. this is all, it's a lot of business here. It's a lot about seeing new products and dealing with new vendors. Yeah, and we noticed that a lot. There's definitely a lot of, of, of media uh, things that happen yeah. at, at SEMA as well. But uh, Great to check this show out. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, what's going on with you. You've had an incredible year yep. with racing. Uh, congratulations on a championship. Yep. Thank you, sir. We, um, you know, we're from Southern Virginia. We've got good racetracks in Virginia with the Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series. NASCAR has got the Weekly Series in order. You know, it's, it gives me an opportunity to compete at a national level with drivers across the country. Yeah. And you know, we won the track title at South Boston Speedway and at Dominion Raceway this year which give us enough points to win the national title. So uh, last week we were at Nashville all week for a Champions Week there and uh, with Kyle Larson and all the cup guys. This week we're at, same, um, we're at PRI. So um, they do a lot with us. They, they keep us very busy in the off season promoting this championship. And for me, as a short track racer, it, it's a neat opportunity for me to compete at a national level. How many racing events do you do a year? We run 40 races this year. We won 21 races. We had an amazing year. We didn't tear up much. We just we had one of those years you have to have to win a national title. Right. And, you know, we, we race a lot. We race about every weekend throughout the summer. Uh, we, we have some bigger races at the end of the year that pay more money, so that gives us an opportunity to go chase big dollars later in the year with no points involved. So um, we have a pretty long season. And you're going to be back at it in March, I believe? Yeah, early March, late February is when we'll start. Uh, you know, the... The speed week starts off at New Smyrna for us in February, so we're going to try to do that, and then in our short track start at March up in Virginia. Now you've been at the, you've been at this in this series for quite a little bit, yep. quite a time, quite yep. a bit of time now, right? I'm the old guy at the block now. <laughs> uh, I won my first national title at age 21. I was the youngest champion. That's right. Then, you know, fast forward 16 years, I'm national champion again. I had the opportunity in between that to go out and do some Xfinity, do some truck and things like that, and kind of chase my dream and pursue that. Now, I work a full-time job, but I'm a, I'm a full-time racer as well. So uh, it gives me the best of both worlds right now. I can still kind of chase my dreams and race cars and have a lot of fun on the weekends. But, uh, you know, I have to go to work on Monday as well. And your family is very involved in the racing side as well, right? Everybody has a role on the team. So for sure. My brothers, my crew chief, my dad spots for me, mom, my wife. Everybody comes out. It's a true family affair for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the only way it's going to work for us to be able to, to – to generate partners and, and spend the kind of money that it takes to do this, everybody has to be pulling in the same direction. I've got some of my crew guys that's been with us for 15 or 20 years. So uh, I rely on a lot of that volunteer help throughout the weekends to go race. And, you know, they take a lot of time off from work because no matter where we go race, how far it is, we drive all night to get back home so we can go to work on Monday. Yeah, right. Can't fly that car out there. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> you got to haul so, it out there each time. Yep. yep. Um, I want to talk about the, uh, the cars. So, so for those that are listening around the world may not be too familiar with the actual specs and stuff mm-hmm. of the car. Why don't yep. you tell us a little bit about it? What's powering it? How do you build it? Yeah, so it's a, it's a late model stock car. We race in a very uh, small region. It's about a five-state region throughout Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, South Carolina. Uh, it's 3,100 pounds, 550 horsepower. Uh, we run single-piston brakes. We run uh, 350 small-block Chevrolet engines. 
Uh, NASCAR, we do have a Gen 6 body, which so it's a new Camry okay. on mine. I'm sponsored by a local Toyota dealership, so they like to see the new style bodies. Um, we're able to kind of promote our local sponsors very easily because we, you know, the, the tracks let the fans in. We do a lot of interaction with them. So the racing that we do is very personal. It, it brings a lot of fans out. They can do, you know, autograph sessions and things like that. But um, our cars are very fast. They, you know, we run some bigger tracks. The average speed will be, you know, 100 miles an hour at a track like South Boston, which is four-tenths of a mile. But then we go to Richmond and we go to Martinsville and places like that. Yeah. You know, they can easily run, you know, 140, 150 as well. So uh, pretty fast cars for the amount of weight they are. So they're, they're small block Chevys. They're 350 Chevys. But what displacement do you guys run them in, in race trim? It, it's basically 358. Uh, there's a Ford crate engine that we can run, a Chevy crate engine. Um, you know, we have built engines as well for both of those. And, uh, you know, so we've got four or five motor combinations that we can do, and it's okay. up to the team to, to kind of pick which one they want to run, whether it's a low-grip flat track or whether it's got banking and a little bit of grip. You can, you can change the motor combinations around to tune the car. And what kind of power are we looking at for those motors? About 450 horsepower. Uh, excuse me, about 550 horsepower, about 450 pounds of torque. Okay. And then those engines come from the manufacturers. Do you, does GM provide a sealed crate engine? Is it like a spec engine that you guys don't so, get to really mess with? So they do. They come out with, they've got a 604, and then they've got the uh, senior motor for the Ford crate engine. So there are sealed motors. We can rebuild them. But we don't have to keep the seals on them. So... Uh, you know, there's a little bit of rules that we can do here and there to make them longevity is a little bit better with higher RPMs. Okay, and then when you rebuild them, are you limited to to the parts that you need to use or, or like, you know, a certain part and manufacturer? So that's a great thing about what NASCAR has done with this motor package. They do have spec parts. They've got, you know, spec tolerances that you have to have. The, they do have an open motor that you can build and run basically whatever you want to, but it has to be pretty tight tolerances on the okay. the. Um, amount of fuel and air going into it and and what transmission do you guys run it's a four-speed engine uh, four-speed transmission we run uh, g-force transmission so they're here at the show yes yeah, sure. and um you know for, for us we've got a lot of local guys that we've used for a long time that we have a lot of faith in with engine builders and transmission builders and rear end builders and um you know that's part of this show is being able to come out and see those guys and say hey you know we run your stuff all year we appreciate what you do for us but uh, what do you got new for us next year? How can we go a little faster next year? <laughs> yeah, right. It's always how do you go a little faster next right. year? But how do you keep within those those restrictions? How do you keep within those those specs? Well, it's. <laughs> I was out at Irwindale and I participated in a charity event. We mm-hmm. you know got to do beautiful a beautiful facility. Of, and it's really a, nice. It's a fun facility. Yeah, There's always yeah. lots of different things going on over Absolutely. there. Uh, they, they use yeah. that um, they use that venue for so many different events, which yeah. really makes it kind of fun. Yeah. I know uh, the the, the the drifting guys go yeah, out there as sure. well, and they, yeah. they, they put a lot of rubber down on that track. I don't know if that screws you guys up when you go out there to race. Well, yeah, <laughs> or maybe that benefits it. Yeah, I run the ARCA West Series, and every time we would go out there, they always had issues with the, the metal being on the tracks. So they had to clean the track really well. There's, so, there's, a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot yeah. of that for yeah. sure. And that track, for example, had a little, like, sort of politically these ups and downs, and, and mm-hmm. it sounds like they're getting that. You know, with some new management and stuff, they're getting that thing to, to yeah. survive. But, you know, going out there, and <laughs> one of our instructors always did the weirdest thing. I don't know what it is about him. I think he hurt his shoulder one day, but he just went out there, and he puts – he uses his left hand on the steering wheel, and his right hand is around the passenger seat, basically. He just has, like, up on the bar, and he yeah. just drives the whole thing with one <laughs> right. arm, and he's just going fast as hell around that thing. Yep. And nobody, He's like, don't do this. This is not advised. I, I don't recommend this. <laughs> do as anybody. I say, not as I do. That's right. And uh, he's the fastest guy out there all the time. Yep. Uh, it's a it's – a, 
it's a it's a cool place to go. It's a yeah. fun venue to go to and be able to, to just kind of try that. I, we weren't. I guess we were driving something similar, but uh, not quite at the horsepower level, not yeah. quite as refined. These were yeah. more like training devices, like yeah. you, you would you would do it out there. But Every, I, everybody's not ready for six hundred horsepower just yet. Uh, no, <laughs> like we weren't near that. It. But I, I I tell you, like you mentioned, uh, uh, I think your dad was a spotter, yeah. right? So. Yeah. You know, as, as many times as I've been on the track, just been invited to do, go out and do these track days, I went out on this this track, and we had a spotter. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you can't really hear the spotter when you're on the throttle. You yep. kind of it's like when you back <laughs> off a little bit because then it's just that it's just noise. Right, right. And you know, he's this guy's he's he's jacked. He's enthusiastic. He's mm-hmm. just having a good time, and he's just you know because we're just doing a charity event. We're just right. trying to keep you know trying to keep these cars. Up. In one piece. In one piece, right? Because yeah. then it sort of defeats the purpose a of, our, goal there of raising money, yeah, right? So, exactly. And uh, I, you know, we're going around. I work my way up to the front. And I, coming out of that corner in Irwindale, I spin and kind of go toward the infield. And uh, I'm like, I'm fine. Didn't hit the wall. Let me know. I'll go back up. Got back up. Did a few more laps. Yeah. And this guy's in my ear. And every every turn, he's like, throttle, 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 throttle. And I'm like, all right. So I yeah. keep doing it. I spin again. He's like, yeah, that was my bad. Yeah, it was his fault. Yeah, he got yeah. you in trouble. He's like, yeah, that was my fault. I was like, okay, <laughs> but I'm sitting in the middle. I'm sitting in the infield now. You're yeah. the one going throttle, throttle, throttle. Yep. And I was like, uh, all right, you're embarrassing so, me. For, so first thing, as a driver, you never say it's your fault. You always say, well, I had a flat tire. Right. Right. Something happened. It's, always, so it's never, never my blame. fault. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, believe me, I got another car. I was like, it wasn't me. It was him right there. <laughs> it was his fault. <laughs> it was him up there yelling yep. at throttle at me. And I was like, well, how much did we raise for charity? Let's move That's on. That's the main thing. Yep, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, awesome. Well, it's fantastic. So when you guys, uh, you're going to start up again in March. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to go from there? You're going to continue with this? Do you have sites set on other type of racing or just stuff as a hobby? So part, so part of what we do is at, at Sellers Racing, we build and maintain cars for younger drivers. So okay. we've always got younger drivers coming through, developing those guys, you know, whether it be teaching them how to shift a four-speed transmission or teaching them that last little bit to get that extra half a tenth out of a car. So we do a lot with that. And that's why I race as much as I do, because it, it helps us. If our product is strong with me racing, then it helps our customer base coming in. So, and it helps, you know, if I can jump in a young guy's car and help him figure out what his car needs to go better, I can use that as a teaching tool as well. So at the end of the day, I need to be racing to help promote our family business of building and maintaining race cars. So it all goes hand in hand. Um, it's just kind of, it, it molds the whole piece into, into one winning team for us, to me to be able to go out and race and, and have customers come in and, and jump in a car that they know is fast because they've seen me go fast in it, or they've, they've seen me on track, so they, they know that I have the experience to lead them in the right direction. So that means a lot for us. Our season is about a 10-month season, so we have a long racing season. We'll kick off the end of February, early March. We'll race every weekend throughout the summer. I think this year we had two weekends off from the end of February through Thanksgiving. So we, we race a lot, and, and that's what we do. We enjoy yeah, doing it. Um, we're like every other racer here in this building today. We just want to race. You know, We want to uh, do whatever it takes. We want to find the best parts that we can find at PRI. We want to find the best you know, this or that or the best equipment and apply it to what we do, our racecraft, every weekend. So um, that's why we're here this weekend preparing for the end of February, March, preparing for that racing season. You talked about uh, sort of cultivating young drivers. How does that work with with you guys? Do you find people, or are they coming to you? Is there a school or a program that you guys are involved with? 
so we've been doing it a long time. I've been very fortunate. I think I have a good enough reputation with, with everything that I've done throughout all of my racing that people trust me. People know, hey, if I want to race a stock car, you know, one level of that is from maybe a Bandolero or a Legends car right into a late model stock or a limited sportsman car, and they, they hear about us quick enough. We don't really go out and do a lot of advertising. It's mainly word of mouth because at the end of the day, we want to find drivers and help drivers that want to be there. We don't want to go yeah. out and lure them in from some, you know, a flashy sales pitch. We want them to come to us because they want to learn to go faster and be a part of our team. So we don't do a lot of advertising. It's more word of mouth and just being being out there and putting a product on track like winning national championships with with NASCAR and that sort of thing. And then for the for the young drivers that want to get into this, what is it that you tell them? How do they start to get involved? Where do they start? And 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 look, maybe some start very, very young at, you know, five, six, seven, and maybe some start at 25. <laughs> so so let's face it, all of them don't have that opportunity to jump in fast equipment and go fast right off the get-go and just show up with their helmet. So when a young guy comes to me and says, how do I get involved in racing? My first answer is go go-kart racing. Go go hang out at a track. Go hang out at somebody's shop that's, yeah. got, a, that's got an old car that they race on the weekends. Go volunteer. Go get your hands dirty. Learn how to work on those cars so that when you get that opportunity to jump behind the wheel, it's all natural to you. You kind of know what you're doing. You know, hey, when I felt this thing do this, it was because of that three link, that third arm, or it was, you know, the more spring in the left front, you know, whatever he needed to do. It's because he learned how to work on it in the shop. So I'm more of the, the, the grassroots type of guy that wants to teach drivers how to work on their cars and know what they're doing so yeah. they're mechanically inclined when it comes time to go fast. They know what to do. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with that, right? Like, you should go to the track and not just the sights and smells, but then eventually start yeah. to figure out what it takes behind the scenes to get that car out there, to get that driver out there, all of the inner workings. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a movie. You can't hop in a car like Cold Trickle and not know shit about the car, right? Like, you got to exactly. be able to know what's going exactly. on. <laughs> so let's, let's face it. There's, there's 5,000 race car drivers in the country yeah. that are all here this weekend, but there's 500 making a living doing it. So chances are right. it's going to be a hobby for them. It's going to be something they do on, on, on every night of the week. You know, they, they leave dinner and go out to the shop, work on their car, and go race on the weekends. Yeah. So learn how to work on them. Learn how to make them fast. Make it fun. And, and see if you fall in love with it because exactly. that's because if you don't, yeah. you're not going yeah. to do it. I see so many kids that play these, you know, year-round ball. They play year-round baseball. They get burnt out immediately. And the, yeah. the parents are like, I don't know what happened. Little Johnny doesn't like baseball anymore. Well, it's because you, you took him to a – ball field every day of the week practicing and, and you drove it into them racing's no different let the kids enjoy what they do let them come to you and say hey let's go racing this weekend let's do it again you know so i i, I couldn't agree with you more i i know somebody who was a fantastic olympic competitor a real hopeful and just her whole life was was that from from training, a little kid just training yeah. and mm-hmm. homeschooled and and uh and just like i i just you know, I need a break. I can't do it anymore. I'm, I've been doing it for 20 years now, and I'm 21. My, my parents must have done something right because I'm 38, and I still love it. So, <laughs> I still love uh, it. But on the same token, we race 30 weekends a year. We're ready for a few weekends off from time to time to rebuild and get cars rebuilt and put new bolts and parts on them and, um, you know, make them faster again, too. It's easy to get in a rut racing. Sometimes yeah. you have to set back and make your car better before you go back racing. So many guys just 
they're, they're all about quantity, and, and I want to be about quality. I want to make sure that we're prepared when we go race. So, And I love that you made it a, a family affair. You got everybody out yeah. there pretty much with you every single weekend. But, and what a great way to, like, spend time with family and be able to bond over something other than, you know, yeah. a turkey. So when we, <laughs> when we sit down for Thanksgiving lunch, we talk racing. You know, talk that's racing. what we do. Because so, yeah. it's a family affair. We all enjoy it. We, we want to be a part of it. Yeah. And that's what makes it easy to get up and do it every day. You know, there's days when you have a bad day at the racetrack and you're like, is this what I really want to do? But when you've got your family there and everybody's supporting you, it's easy to get back up and, 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 and get back up and go after it again. You and know? they know what you're talking about and they relate to it. They're like, right. you and you had a bad day, they all had a bad day. Exactly. Right? You know, exactly. they all had it together. So, so I, uh, exactly. I could definitely appreciate that. Well, Peyton, thanks so much. I appreciate you coming out here. Congratulations on, uh, on the championship this year. Yeah. I know you guys are going to have an exciting next year. Uh, I believe you're on Twitter at PeytonSellers.com, yep. right? And yep. on Facebook, uh, Peyton Sellers Racing. That's right. On we've, Facebook, so we've, definitely. We've got our car over in the champion's row for NASCAR. NASCAR's got a booth here with their weekly series. So if anybody's got any information or wants to learn any more about it, stop in and see them. Uh, I'm going to go enjoy the show a little bit and see some vendors and see some products that, that we deal with and try to find that little bit of speed to go back into next year. I love it. Thanks so much. All right. All right. You. See you. RockAuto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to RockAuto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, write CarCast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you an amazing selection Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Another word from our friends at Trico. Over a century ago, Trico was the first to make wiper blades. They've been a step ahead of Mother Nature ever since. Trico engineers study your specific driving condition to make sure you're ready for anything, even if it rains actual cats and dogs. Whatever the weather, Trico wipers make maximum windshield contact. And no matter what your driving habits, you'll always find the right wiper blade for your vehicle. It's Trico, the future of wipers since 1917. To visit a store near you or see the latest offers, visit TricoCatsAndDogs.com. I also want to say a huge thanks to Antron Brown and Peyton Sellers for being on the show and everyone over at PRI for inviting us out here. This is such a cool show. Again, my first time being here, and it's uh, it's really, really cool stuff. So can't wait to come back tune in on friday our episode of carcast will be with chris kirsting it'll be sort of our follow-up from when he was on before sema we're going to get into all of this emission stuff and more so this friday chris kirsting on carcast for the latest updates and call-in times follow the show on facebook twitter and instagram at carcast show if you'd like to write in Fill out the form on carcastshow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.
What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.